There is a plaque. I will send you the picture of a forceps. Oh no! With a gallstone trapped <laughs> inside. Oh, poor Sam. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> did which, my dude deserve this? Yeah, which hurt worse, the stone or the forceps? Look, if when you see this thing, <laughs> I will let you judge. <laughs> Four ninety six. It's a podcast. I'm Mike, and and I'm Jim. In the year of our Lord fifteen hundred and six, welcome back, Jim. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Happy middle of September at the time this is being recorded. (laughs) Happy two thirds of the way through September when you're listening to this. Huzzah! (laughs) Oh, happy fall. Possibly. Oh, is it? That's well, on the day you're listening close. to this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's we're we're getting right there, aren't we? Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, it's already yeah, cool I, down here. We have had one of the most mild Augusts, Augusts in in that I can ever remember living here. Oh yeah. 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 No, I I uh, as we were talking about just before we did this thing, took this thing live. I uh, spent the first part of August in Europe. And it's hot there. It is hot. Hot. It was not like Hotlanta. <laughs> is it no, not it, is it not supposed to be that hot in Europe wherever you were? Well, I, I was in London and Paris, one week in each. And I will tell you that as I said to numerous friends that I was meeting with there, I'm not going to get in the politics of global warming. Well, weather isn't is, climate. Or well, so right. we're told every I, winter. Yeah, I, I think I think there is man-made warming of some degree. Uh, is it exaggerated? Could well be. Uh, are some <laughs> of the are some of the solutions that are suggested to deal with it melodramatic and unnecessary? Could well be. I don't know. Are all but, of the computer models complete garbage? Yes. Well, and that could certainly be true too. Uh, but the you know well, modeling never is right. such a problem. Modeling is a is a problematic thing all by itself. Oh, but, yeah. None of the computer models for anything are ever right. Right. It <laughs> says the architect. Um, <laughs> I mean, the things predicting things in the future. Uh, okay. because But also, things, yes, what you, you said. You build things in it, the future. It turns out, um, be, but that's because of contractors. Oh, I see. Very good. <laughs> Duly noted. The, so, the, um, you know, while I was there, I told my friends, look, I, I know I'm a student of the Renaissance, and it is well known that in the 16th century into the 17th, really as part of the 15th, Europe went through what's been called a mini ice age. Yep. Uh, it was very cold. It was, which is why those gowns and cloaks and all those other things were much heavier than you might otherwise expect. <laughs> which uh, it turns out, you know, 400 years later, screwed everybody who wanted to, you know, be in the Renaissance fair. Yeah. If you, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't we have been going through a heat wave? Because of course we've been going through a heat wave. Because of course, when do they do the Renaissance fair here? In the summer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's or they go to places that are summery, like you know, if they're there's a Renaissance fair in the spring or the fall, they have it in Florida. Well, there's a lovely one that goes on in Maryland. There's another one that goes on in Kansas City. So I suppose we've got that going on. <laughs> but uh all that having been said, there, you know, I, I told my friends, I don't know what it is. 
I will tell you this, you all have a problem short term at least because all the place, you know, Paris, for example, is known for its lush green gardens Uh-oh. and it's and it's park walks and all these other things. <laughs> nothing, nothing of the kind. It's all brown, brown, <laughs> brown. Uh, if you go to London and you go up to Greenwich, which you should do, the Naval Museum there is so freaking cool. Um, the when you go up to Greenwich and the Naval Museum, you will there is a uh, the observatory that's there is the place where they set Greenwich Mean Time. Right. Yeah, that's that's where I, I stood astride. I, I was on either side of of, Z- of Zulu time. You had one foot in a, each in a different time zone there. Exactly. Yeah. And so so I went there. There is a uh, a walk that goes up to that observatory. And as you go up to it, it's a it's a beautiful park where people in London famously go to picnic. It's kind of like a central park sort of a deal. It was brown. Don't they have um, sprinklers there? Well, aha, you arrive at this point. (laughs) I was informed by one of the people I was with that hundreds of thousands of people moved into London during the COVID pandemic. Moved into the city? Into the city. Okay. Why? And they have a significant problem with their aquifers. Huh. Yeah. They, uh, They don't have... They don't have water for using that way. Can't they uh, just pump that out of the river? It's a big river. Yeah, except the Thames of it, the five of the Thames supplying supplying rivers. It's minor rivers that make up the Thames. Uh-huh. We're going dry. Oh, so again, is it global warming? I don't know, but I will tell you this much: they have a problem, and it's it's one they're going to have to figure out a way through, at least in the short term. Um, Because the crazy part is, one week after we left Paris, it snowed. It poured (laughs) rain. Yeah. But because the ground was so hard and dry. It it couldn't soak it up. Exactly. Yeah. And it flooded the area we were staying in. It it was was crazy. After you were there, though. We were just there. Yeah, we were gone. Wow, I was lucky. It closed eight of the metro stations. Yeah, because so much water was falling so quickly and shooting off the ground so fast. So uh, flooded yeah, the subways. It was, it was hot. Yeah, yeah, into the subways. Wow. Yeah, it, uh, which unlike most parts of America, with certain notable exceptions, that's how you get around in mm-hmm. Paris, in London. You know, well, you know, it's it's pretty easy to do that infrastructure thing when your entire country is the size of one of our smaller states. Sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, people over there don't seem to understand why. Why can't you do that in your country, in America? You have all that money. Um, <laughs> it's a matter of scale. Yeah, it's it's you know I think we could certainly do more with intercity transit. You know, we develop. Remember, they develop their infrastructure before the car. Right. You know, the train in London dates to the you know Sherlock Holmes took trains, right. So, you know, they developed around the train and its exigencies. Yeah. And our, uh, our trains are now for stuff. Right. We use it for stuff. Exactly. Um, our cities, <clears throat> the city of Milwaukee, for example, you know, really grows only after the Second World War. I mean, we're a city. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of its size, its scale, its scope, we don't really start to, you know, burst to our peak of about, you know, 
800,000 people until after the Second World War. Well, yeah. by the time of the Second World War, we're committed to the car. You know, and so yeah. there's there are a lot of questions that are that, you know, folks that want to to create a mix. I tell, I tell this to people all the time. There should be a mix of transit that should reflect the local realities on the ground. I'll admit it. I'm a transit guy. I would much rather always take transit. Um, but we're not built for that. And as you say, there is a question definitely of size. You know, how how readily to I, I for example, hate flying. Oh, yeah. I, I just absolutely hate it. It's a it's a it's a wretched, wretched experience these days with very, very few exceptions. You hate if I had if I had the ability to take a train, uh, I would much rather. But, you know, that's that's not the reality of it. And when you look at a plane flight to New York co- costing half what a train ride does and taking a tiny fraction of the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I looked into that when I uh, not too long after I moved down here. So this is 20 plus years ago was what about is there a train is there a train that goes atlanta's you know was built around trains you know it's one of the rare cities in america you know like you were just talking about that what you know it's it it didn't grow from cars it grew from trains it was a hub and a much like Ooh. it is for delta now <laughs> but um like surely there's a train track that goes from here to chicago and then up to milwaukee no no, there isn't. Uh, you got to go over over here and then back over that way. And and like you said, it's twice as much and it takes, you know, five times as long as as, as, yeah. as flying. So when you say you hate flying, do you hate the actual flying part of flying or is it all of the other parts of flying? It's the other part. Yeah. And, and the other thing <laughs> is there and I understand it. It's economics. Yeah. I get that. But it, they do everything in their power to make them as uncomfortable as possible. I mean, they're, the, the planes are getting smaller. And when you're intent on getting your way over to, to Europe, you're talking about an eight-hour flight. Yeah. And you, you just pretty much commit yourself to sitting as perfectly still as possible for eight hours. No, I can't, I can't stand all of the everything that is required getting me from my house to the airplane. Ah, yeah. Because I only ever fly, what is it, like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes from here to Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Total flight time, which includes the taxiing, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, based on observation. You know, that's not that bad sitting there for, for under two hours, but it takes at least that long just to get to the plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then to get your yeah. bag afterwards. That's not that big a deal, but oh shoot! It you know we 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 didn't check a bag in Europe. Oh, that's nice. No, no, we uh, I I Rick Steves and I man, Rick Steves and I are good, and he taught me the way. It's Europe. You're not on the back end of the moon. They have stores that have clothes there. <laughs> and what do you care that you're wearing some stupid shirt from a dollar store? Oh yeah. No, we go there and shop. We, and the, we go there and shop and we buy a couple shirts and they become souvenirs if they're silly enough. Yeah. But, but you, you go there with extra room in your bag then. Yeah. Sometimes or you, sometimes, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. People who want me to preserve the earth. Sometimes I just throw those shirts away <laughs> because I paid a dollar for them. <laughs> well, you know, when you, 
spill sauerkraut all down the front of one at lunch in Germany. Yeah. There, you know, yeah. Where, yeah. yeah. Where, no, where, that's, where are you going to uh, watch it? Heaven knows I have, or because <laughs> you just, it's kind of rank because you've worn it for two days in a mm. row in the 90 degree heat. No, we, I think I bought three shirts, brought one home. <laughs> Gave the other two to some uh, buskers <laughs> on the street. Ah, the buskers want money, man. <laughs> buskers well, want money there's some really talented ones too I, especially in, in london yeah i did give a t-shirt to a busker but he <laughs> looked at it in disgust wadded it up and threw it in the trash can next to him there you go you know, <laughs> can't win oh boy hey jim should we talk about news now sure thing okay let's let's see what uh what we have up for news <laughs> What's news, Jim? Well, um, I know you there, news there's a story I would like to unpack. <laughs> okay, we're I, going... I would like to. Do I have a uh, sound effect for unpacking? I do not. I, I don't know. <laughs> have un... I, I have I have a very important unpacking uh-huh. thing I would like to do. It's a lost art. I uh, today I, I I pulled down a headline from the Gannett News Service that spelled absence. A B S E N S E. Oh, okay. So they spelled ab right, and and the word sense, and they smashed them together. So and they said, is, "Aha! I have spelled the word correctly." Yeah. Absence so, definition. So, <laughs> so, so headline writing, editing, everything that goes along with it is a lost, lost art. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Internet. It, it, it makes me sad. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Al Gore. Um, well done. You know, it's the uh, so so we're there, but there are still some who have the gift. And I would like to credit the New York Daily News of September 13th, 2022. This story was otherwise reported, but it was never better reported because the tabs when I was in London, there were, you know, there's a million things you see that catch you by surprise. It's why you should always take a little time where you're not doing anything in particular. You know, pick a place, pick another place and just walk to that other place and see what you see. Because in way, a city yeah. like London, you're going to see things that make you go, oh, that's where that is. Or <laughs> that's really cool. And one of them for me was accidentally, quite literally, accidentally walking down Fleet Street. Why Fleet do I know Street, Fleet Street? Fleet Street was the home of the British tabloids. It was a almost a, uh, what do I want to say, uh, like Xerox or Kleenex for scurrilous tabloid journalism in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, The National Enquirer in its heyday was a cheap shadow of what those guys were. (laughs) These were the jump out of the bush to get somebody surprised face. Uh Uh, They they would write about sex scandals and murder, and they competed savagely with each other. They were the ones that first started paying for stories. Okay. And paying for quotes, England were, still does that better than we do. They do, the, they the do, but it's a shadow stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's 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 a poor shadow. They mm-hmm. also the one big thing that, unlike our American, you know, our American media would sniff at them because they were openly political. You knew when you pick up a paper what side of the political divide it was on, and so there was never any question, and their competition was so savage 
And I, you know, if you ever want to read a great article, it's by Christopher Hitchens. It's in the Atlantic where he talks about the glory days of being, he said that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be one of those cigarette smoking, boozing, hard, you know, up till three in the morning journalist guys. Uh And as I was walking down Fleet Street, there's a mural that I just saw and I almost got emotional because what it was, all it was was the, the mastheads of all these great papers, the Guardian, the News, the Times, and the time of day when they would street, when they would hit the streets. And it was just this memory, almost like burned on the wall of Hiroshima, of when this street, this literal street, was the heart of this tabloid journalism. And one of their gifts was always headline writing. Because you wanted to scream the biggest headline and get the attention of people that were standing at the press racks. And so you would, it became an art because you only have so much, you you only have so much space to put it, right? It is a great pride of place to me, it seems, that the New York Times is generally regarded as having been, having written the greatest of all headlines. Uh, in this era, it was almost like the peak of it. In 1983, V.A. Vinny Musetto, who I have met, didn't get his autograph, but I shook his hand. Who is that? V.A. Vinny Musetto. He wrote the headline in the New York Post in 1983, Headless Body in Topless Bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at a murder. Yes, you should. It's a classic. It's a classic. Um, he was he was the greatest. I, that 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 headline is generally regarded. So that's what I'm talking about. And they've tried to keep it up since. I don't know as we've, we. I know we haven't gotten better than that. How are you ever going to beat that one? I, I it's so it's perfect. And you know it's in 34. It's in well no it's bigger than that. That's got to be 39 years. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the uh, the font, how big it is. Oh, oh, oh. It's a gigantic, it's an eighth of the page. <laughs> Headless body and topless bar. Um, this headline, though, this this one, this one, let's, I'll call it, it's like in uh, double A ball compared to that. Right. <laughs> it's from the New York Daily News. Uh, he, the, the, the byline, it's, he's not the headline writer, is Joseph Wilkinson, September 13th, 2022. Armed man in clown wig hoping to restore Trump as President King arrested at Dairy Queen in Pennsylvania. Yep. <laughs> so we got what? clowns. I know. Kings yeah, yeah. and queens. Let's, let's let's work our way through this, shall we? <laughs> Armed man, okay. No big deal. Yeah. Well, whatever. Man Every day, cl- yeah. In clown wig. Okay, there's now, now, now you got my attention. Yes, yeah, like why? <laughs> what kind was of clown it? wig, Jim? Well, right. Okay, don't you want to know? <laughs> was it like like Ronald McDonald red? <laughs> it wasn't just any clown wig. Was it rainbow? I think it's rainbow, isn't it? Is it? Doesn't it have to be? I do we have a picture. I've not seen. Yes, uh, it says here uh, he was spotted wearing a rainbow clown wig and walking into a Dairy Queen with a handgun. Excellent. So so now we know that he was an armed man with a clown wig. So the question was, now that we know it is a rainbow wig, was it a disguise? 
Because if it is, it's actually a bad one. Right. Yeah. You, you, you I can wanna... pretty much figure out. I think, it, Mike, if you put on a clown wig and then took it off, it wouldn't be Clark Kent and Superman. <laughs> Where'd he go? Where did Mike go? <laughs> There's only a guy, a, a bearded guy in a clown wig. <laughs> I, I'd know it was Mike. I would. I'm just saying. So, okay. So, and this man in a clown wig had aspirations. He was hoping. He was hoping. That's good. We should have yep. hope. And at least he's celebrating pride. What's well, maybe he was, maybe, uh, hoping, hoping, because what's the line from Shawshank Redemption? Hope is good and nothing good ever dies. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's hoping. And now he's going to restore Trump as President King of the United States. Uh, well, presumably, I assume. That's I what guess I, I. That's the longer quote. You're, you're, uh, okay. you're, you're sticking to the headline, though. No. Uh, yes. President King of the United States. Now, first of all, President King is an oxymoron. <laughs> it's not a thing. It, that isn't really a thing. <laughs> Never has been a thing. And in fact, it really can't be a thing. Um, Gives uh, you a little bit of insight into the uh, mental state of Mr. Rainbow Wig right. guy. But he was seeking to restore him as President King. As if he was at one time. Right. So... <laughs> I mean, okay. Jan Stawavi. Is that his name? We have a name. We have a name. name? I I really did. I was stuck at the headline. Yeah. Jan Stavovi. That's Polish. Oh, God. Only a few years older than I am, really. Um, Yeah. Protecting himself from drug traffickers. Okay. But um, here's, here's the part. Here's the part. He, he was hoping to restore Trump as president king. At a Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why did he think that that was the venue? <laughs> See, was had, it because Queen was in the name? Is I, that why? I don't know. I was already so confused by everything. I didn't even notice. Why does he think? <laughs> I mean, I do not. I do not. I do not. Why oh my Dairy God, Queen? I do not. That's want a... to encourage armed men to go into government buildings. Don't freaking do it unless you are an officer of the law or a member of our United States military. Don't do it. But wouldn't you go to a government building? If, if your problem is with the government, yeah. Yeah. But what, what purview do you imagine? What writ do you think Dairy Queen has? Now, I will say this. Why not Burger King? If, well, if he's got a problem they, about yes, President Kings. King, go yeah. to Burger King. But Right. But it goes back about nine years now. <laughs> A gentleman by the name of Johnny Richmond. Now, those who love English history will know the name Richmond. A gentleman by the name of Johnny Richmond filed with my office. I'm the city clerk for the city of Milwaukee. A order that Queen Elizabeth II, now God rest her, vacate the throne in favor of him. <laughs> and who, who was Johnny Richmond? Uh, Johnny Richmond is he is an African-American man. Uh, apparently i never met him lives in the city of milwaukee i was impressed with his filing richmond is the name is one of the names of the families that were competing for the throne by the time henry the seventh takes it at the battle of bosworth in the 15th century in the 1400s so he's got a legitimate claim then he says he does he filed his heraldry (laughs) with you with me the city of milwaukee right and further he filed a writ of estoppel, 
E-S-T-O-P-P-E-L, which is actually what you want. Now, I've argued in the many years since that people have discussed this thing with me, that it probably should have been a writ of quo warranto. But in any event, he filed the writ to demand she vacate the throne. Uh-huh, but why Milwaukee? Is now, that okay, that's where he lived? You, or? Why, are you, why are you offending me? I'm now, not offending yeah, you. I'm you, just, you. No, you have, you have raised the question that offends me. People say, <laughs> why would he file it with you? And I said, no, 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 no. Insane claims to the throne of England go nowhere else than my office. Oh, oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Okay, see? <laughs> Pay attention. So, so, th- so this guy, not only, you know, filing all the correct writs and everything, uh, or, or, you know, maybe, uh, but at least knowing that they exist... <laughs> He knew he, he came, knew that he the, came the, to the, the right venue. Yeah, he went to the right venue. He came to the court of great of he came to the court of competence, as they say. <laughs> and, and and so yes, yes. No, I was, you know. So he went into the Dairy Queen, because uh-huh, as as if they have some authority here. Yeah, I don't know. Was it a a a, a, a brazier? Brazier? or what do they call it? The one where they oh have... Dairy, oh yeah, yeah, Dairy, oh yeah. What was that? <laughs> Oh, what a weird memory Brazier? that is. Was that how they pronounced it? Brazier? I think it was. I think it was. Oh, my God. What was that? That was I'm just Googling. the Dairy Queen that that uh, that had yeah, ham- hamburgers Queen's back Brazier. in the day when not all Dairy was, Queens had food. It was the Dairy Queen Brazier uh-huh. concept. Introduced in 1957. Wow. Oh, I see. That is to be compared with their treat only. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a... Like, a Dairy Queen brazier in Racine that was uh, the closest uh, fast food thing to uh, my high school. So we could walk there. The first lunch. Dairy Queen opened in what year? Oh, boy. The first Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. 1941. Oh, 1940. Ah. Well done. Opening in Joliet, Illinois. Really? Joliet, Illinois. Joliet, oh. yeah, look at that. It was first the the Dilly Bar. Have you had a Dilly Bar? I don't know. I, I assume I've had, so. I know I have had a Dilly Bar. Began in 1955. I did not know this. In 1988, they purchased Orange Julius. Dairy Queen did. Yeah. But they maintained they own, the brand. They own Orange Julius. Yeah. Well, yeah, good, yeah. good for them. 75 years back in 1915 and yes they uh they debuted the concept of the brazier <laughs> which i never knew what that meant until we just had this conversation i've heard it my whole life i never knew why they called i thought it was so stupid to be honest <laughs> i pronounced it brazier <laughs> brazier yeah no I, I don't think you're getting that out of b-r-a-z-i-e-r why not and by the way dairy queen brazier <laughs> is a registered trademark Huh. As is the Dilly Bar. Yeah. Uh, 1957. I don't think they so use lo- either of them anymore, though, huh? So low these many years. Oh, they still have Dilly Bars. They still have Dilly Bars? They do. They still have Dilly, Dilly Bars, but you can't buy a Choco Taco anymore? Uh, don't even start with that. <laughs> but it's, but yeah, so, so yeah, DQ, there they are. Um, but that's, so, yeah, you, they, when he went into a Dairy Queen? Yeah. He went into a Dairy Queen to, to assert his rights. I, mm, I have, I have a I feeling don't. that nothing this guy does from this point forward is going to surprise anyone or is not going no. to surprise anyone. No. So, uh, well, let's get his name. Jen Stavovi. Jen, Jen, well done. 
Well done. You have, uh, <laughs> you, you are clearly off your meds. I wish you well. Please, 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 please get the help you so desperately need. This was uh, in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. Yeah. Like WPXI, um, so, where's that? <clears throat> yeah. So <clears throat> now uh, Her Majesty has died. Oh, I have, I have a uh, news. Well, 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 no, I have a theme song for that. Oh, you do? Oh, very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Of course I do. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll I just find it now. Here it is. I, I got the jaunty one with the horns in it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Her Madge. Because, you know, not everyone has made that joke yet. Right, oh, wait. That's oh, wait. True. No, now they have. <laughs> As of this recording, <laughs> yeah, they, now everyone they, You're the last. We're the last two. We're the last two. And only because we had to wait until the weekend to do this recording. Right. Right. Yeah. We saved it. We saved it. We did not jump in. So how about, uh, what about, uh, what's going on with Charles's, uh, hands? Did you see his hands? I have, I have another sound effect for that. Uh, Fat no. sausage fingers. <laughs> did you hear that? I, I did. <laughs> John Ritter, ladies and gentlemen. The, uh. From the classic, uh, holiday classic, Bad Santa. Yeah, they, uh, did, well, well, and again, once again, who gives us the, who gives us the headline? Another of those dis- once it hits theme, you've hit theme. It's the New York Post. Fat sausage fingers. I, I think I one have this the, article already. <laughs> one of the competitors. One of the competitors to the Daily News. Um, King Charles red shaved hands raise eyebrows <laughs> after sausage fingers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh no, my no no, I'm sorry. No, my New York Post article is King Charles alleged sausage fingers roasted mercilessly on live. Get it? Sausage roasted. Oh, uh, see, there they go. Yeah, that's uh fat sausage fingers. <laughs> oh yeah, and his hands are chapped. Oh my goodness. And what's weird is like depending on they they must inflate and deflate, you know, throughout the day because you you could uh Google for that when I was Googling for it and find like all kinds of images from the last week where they're fat, they're skinny, they're fat again, they're skinny, but they got the one where they're like beet red. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, I, the- I couldn't find it, but the one I had actually noticed it before everybody started making fun of it. Uh, there was some picture of him. It was from his right side and I, he was doing something with his left hand over here you couldn't really see that but his right arm was just hanging down next to him and his his uh his hand was like it looked like brett Favre's hand in that that minnesota game yeah it was just purple but also swollen and it looked fake i was like i looked at it and i said oh that's photoshopped and i clicked right off of it no apparently it wasn't no no and uh the, the truth of it is, that, you know, well, at the other standard move of your tabloid these days is you get a doctor to diagnose a medical condition based on photographs and <laughs> yeah. film. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, film, if you're lucky, probably yeah. one photograph. Right. <laughs> and a, and, and a, so, descript- uh, a verb, you know, a, a written description. And you make it sound like, oh, you know, this doctor was wandering along. No, no. You sought this guy out. <laughs> Because you make it sound super official, but no the 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 statement is 
A doctor subsequently weighed in on Charles's chubby digits. <laughs> Do you think they have they have a, a, a little black book full of ex quote unquote yes, ex- experts? Of course they do. Who just don't care at all about <laughs> how they're or perceived. Who are, or who are willing to <laughs> right. talk because they love talking to the press. Human beings are human beings. I was in the media. Some people <laughs> hate us. Okay. Some people hated us. But other people just, especially if you're in the electronic news and you can put somebody on television. I never could. I was always in the print. But if you can put somebody on TV, oh my gosh. Very, very few people have learned to be able to resist that. A doctor subsequently weighed in on Charles's chubby digits, claiming he could be suffering from arthritis. Fingers usually become stiff, painful, and swollen. And although medication can help with the pain, the swelling can remain. Dr. Gareth Nye, senior lecturer at the University of Chester, told the Daily Star about the painful condition that causes inflammation and stiffness. We know what arthritis is. Okay, Dr. Nye, we know what arthritis is. And Daily and New York Post, we know what arthritis is. Does Charles have it? Well, he could. And under that one word, under that one modal verb, could. Mm -hmm. Suddenly they're covered. Yeah. Allegedly. He, didn't say he, he doesn't say he has arthritis. <laughs> right. He could we said it could be. It's possible. Based on our expert diagnosis from this photograph. The very next sentence. Nye also said the swollen fingers could indicate that the king is suffering from edema. Mm-hmm. Edema is a condition where the body starts to retain fluids in the limbs, normally the legs and ankles, that, but also in the fingers which causes them to swell. The doc, I love that, declared, <laughs> saying it was a, quote, common condition, end quote, that effect, often affected people over the age of 65. Now, again, none of those things are true. No. And then finally, Charles himself has not yet addressed the frenzy, the frenzy <laughs> surrounding his fingers. <laughs> the frenzy of people making silly jokes like this. Fat sausage fingers. <laughs> Is it a frenzy? No. I'm not frenzied. I'm not either. No, I am not. But this is what the tabs were. This is this is this is the shadow cast by the tabs. The New York Post, the Daily News, they are not the tabs themselves, but this is their shadow. No, like I said, the first the first picture I saw of it before the frenzy happened, you know, I took one look at it and I said, Oh, that's photoshopped and I clicked off of it. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, there's there's all that. Well, I'm surprised uh, yeah. you, uh, you didn't want to talk about Brett Favre. We don't have to. Is he in prison yet? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, Oops. Yeah. Well, well, you know, here's the thing, and it's. Let's ask the basic question, uh-huh. ladies and gentlemen. Nerdburger Universe, is Brett Favre a smart man? Oh. Uh... <laughs> Can we get that? Can we get the Forrest Gump pull? <laughs> no. I am. <laughs> how much, I am how much not, time do you want to wait? <laughs> yeah, right. Good point. I, I am not a smart <laughs> <you> man. <laughs> Brett you Favre know, knows what love is, though. But I know what love is. And he loves I, him some money. Well, but now hang on a second. Especially other people's. Well, yes, he does love other people's <laughs> money. But the point is, what was he getting the money for? It was uh, wasn't it to 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 build like a some kind of a 
like a it was a volleyball stadium. volleyball i don't know why i wanted to say it was like a, a swimming pool net, and what did Brett, that was what the was, i was looking for no it was a, a volleyball court yep well it was a stadium, a eh, yeah, stadium. well whatever <laughs> you know and it was <laughs> you fill a stadium was, full of sand it could be it can be for volleyball sure um, <laughs> i i but for yeah, his alma mater I, i'm certainly no expert on telling you what the is. <laughs> For, but you know, it was. Is it the University of Mississippi? It was the unit. Well, I think it was. Or was it Mississippi not? State? I have no idea. It's, yeah, it's in Mississippi. I know that. Yeah the uh, Trevor the volleyball stadium scheme. Stay. I'm looking at the article in the Mississippi Free Press with additional funds used in the construction of a volleyball facility. Where was it to be built? Uh wealthy celebrities. Yeah, it's well, in any event, he was intending to build this facility. And remember, what is going on for, you know, what is, go- what is going on at this very same time? Favre's daughter is playing volleyball. Oh, okay. At, That's at, how at, he's at the school. In right. This. You know, he's, he's a booster. He's yet another booster. Quite possibly and, the best booster that university has. Right. Yeah, he and now he's, you know, and and if you go through the texts that everybody is putting out there, he's talking about how he can pull down this money for doing things under this federal program, which was intended to benefit poor people, and instead feed it over poor poor college volleyball players, Jim. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and he's excited if you read it. Re- just just read the thing, right? I encourage people to read. I'm not saying he's not in a boatload of trouble because he is. <laughs> but if you read it, go through the, you know, go through the articles and realize what he did. Uh-huh. It, it It really comes off as if Brett Lorenzo Favre was just not paying attention. He figured it was all okay. It was just, oh, just another government money hustle. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to get this thing for my daughter, and it'll be great. The The problem, <laughs> the, the bigger problem is probably going to be for the ex-governor of Mississippi, uh-huh. who seems to have known it. The, the, the one party involved who actually knew what that program was supposed to be for <laughs> yeah, and where that money was supposed to go. And signed off on it anyway. You know, and it's, and he, by the way, has paid back a bunch of money and all this other stuff, but it really does look like he was just being a stupid booster. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to criticize him for that and penalize him for that, I'm not going to have a problem with that. I'm not. But I really think, I really think we should make a more fundamental, we should have a more fundamental conversation about the amount of money that gets spent on athletics rather than academics at the college level. That, to me, is the much bigger... You know, the fact that we were talking about a freaking volleyball facility that would cost this much at a state with a poverty level like Mississippi's, Mm -hmm. the fact that you would even consider it is insane to me. And yes, I love football. That's not a secret. But even there, you know, when you tell me, what was it, a $10 billion deal that the Big 12 got? You know, for its TV rights. Oh, was that how much it was? It yeah. was. It wasn't twelve billion. Let me see here. 
Yeah. Well, geez, that's cheap. <laughs> well, we can't get a billion for each team. Uh, so thir- I'm sorry. I, I did. I did overestimate. It's a mere one point one billion. Forgive oh, me. oh, OK. You missed. So it's cheap. Point. It's, it's cheap. Yeah. That's 13 year. One point one billion dollars for a college sport. Mm. Well, at least the players can get some money now, right? Yeah. Through the, the, the face. What is it? I can never remember it. Name, image, likeness, NIL. Uh-huh. So it's, look, is Brett Favre in trouble? Probably he's going to have to pay back some money. Is he in criminal trouble? I don't know. I'll leave that to the individuals responsible. His defense but, is, I'm stupid. Yes. <laughs> that is going to be his defense. That's kind of my point. Well, you know, he may actually get away with that because. This, your, your honor. Kinda, my client's a bit of an idiot. He kind of is. <laughs> oh. And yes, other individuals have said that he is self-interested, egocentric, a bit scuzzy. These are all true statements. These are all statements. You know, there's this story that came out that the guy who, uh, what is it now? John, or sorry, Jeff Perlman, who wrote the book Gunslinger, The Remarkable, Improbable, Iconic Life of Brett Favre. This is a, this now, is a biographer. Yeah, who, this who is his previously biographer. liked him and wrote positive things about him. And I'm is guessing. now saying, don't read my book. <laughs> wow. Not, oh, I was wrong about this guy. He's flat out saying, don't, don't buy my book. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, the tweet, <laughs> the, the tweet reads following this. And now taking money that was designated to help poor people in his state and funneling it to build text notes and effing, he doesn't say effing, an effing volleyball arena, uh, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, is so grotesque, so monstrous, so monstrous. I don't know how someone like that looks in the mirror. I just don't. So sincerely, don't buy the book. Don't take it out from the library. Leave it. There are so many better people worthy of your reading hours, of your time. I prefer crumbs like Brett Favre shuffle off into the abyss, shamed by greed and selfishness over a photograph of a burning Favre jersey. Wow. See, this is why my Green Bay jersey that uh, that I it's 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 the official one, the expensive one, Jim, ah, the yes. one you can get customized. Well, now I think yes. you can pay like 70 or 80 or 90 maybe it might i think it's under 100 you can it, it's the cheaper version of the jer- jersey it's not the actual one they wear this is the actual one they wear it's the number one the numeral one and the name lambo <laughs> i don't have to worry about anything <laughs> like this My, happening. I, I have one too <laughs> it is i have on the back double zeros yep and it's my last name yeah that's the other thing is is Put your put your own name on there. Because I will and always zero love the Packers, but I will realize that look, we've talked about it before. I don't like Aaron Charles Rogers. No, I do not. But <laughs> I he's he's a gifted quarterback and I wish him to play for my team. End of conversation. Our not idiotic, at least IQ wise, I, I, I think it's it's on it's it's accepted that he's quite intelligent. From a, a you know a book learning uh, kind of standpoint, yet whiny and emo quarterback, yeah, who for reasons that evade me dresses like Nicolas Cage or John Wick. Um, the Nick Cage look was pretty funny. The 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 wife beater, 
Yeah. When he when yeah. he strolled into a training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you know, it's a work. He knows he's doing it. I get it. So so yes, the footballs. But yeah, no, I uh my God. Now to to the point of so so turning the conversation in a rather dramatic way. Go for it. Before we uh before we finish up with our with our original dude Sam, because boy, do we have Sam today. The uh all the Sam. We have all the Sam. <laughs> I can't had wait. You, had you caught before I sent it to you the chess grandmaster? And boy, folks, if you're sensitive, this is the time to turn away from your podcast machine. Hold on here. Jim's just reading a headline again. I am reading a headline. The grand chess master anal bead conspiracy <laughs> that's happening right now. No, I had not heard about this at all. I, I had been following it with great interest. Oh, really? Because, because you, you can't run that headline past me. Now, this wasn't the headline. <laughs> this was not the headline. I caught it earlier than this. But this is a good, if you go to Kotaku, it is dated Thursday, this Thursday uh, at 6.14 p.m. It's a good summary. Because we, we, you know, we loved, you know, we loved watching that really super cool chess story on netflix where the girl was a super good chess person and she was awesome the world of chess is rotten is it i i hadn't heard of this i hadn't seen it i don't know anything about it you sent me the link immediately before we started the zoom i have no idea what this is going going back to bobby fisher and boris basky fish it's it became a proxy for the cold war yep it became the hyper competitive. Everything you've heard about Russian gymnasts, you know, their coaches saying, if you do not win, you shame your family. You suck. Yeah. All that. And, and then, and then what, what was it the 90s or the 2000s when it became uh, humans versus robots? Well, of course. Yes. Deep blue. Deep blue. That's it. And, I was and, like, and, big and, blue? No. Deep yeah. blue. Deep blue. And, and all, Kasparov? You know, was that? Getting a com- yes, who yeah, beat yeah. Kasparov. You know, all that stuff. But the world of competitive chess is still huge, huge business. The chess, the world championship, sorry, this was the Sankfeld Cup in St. Louis, Missouri, had a $500,000 purse. Okay. That's not chump change. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. For playing chess? That's that's one-tenth of a volleyball arena. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, world champion Magnus Carlson, what a name. My name is Magnus. <laughs> Magnus Carlson loses to Grandmaster Hans Niemann. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, first and foremost, let me be very, very clear about something. By all accounts of the people I trust who study chess way more than I do, Carlson screwed up made a few early mistakes and Neiman Kent's and cap uh, capitalized on them. Uh-huh. That's all that happened. That's now, not very it was, exciting. It, it was stunning. It was stunning because in the chess world for a guy like Carlson to lose to Neiman, big deal. Or to make, to make the, I'm assuming to make the mistakes that he did was probably yes. scandalous. And now, and now, you know, these nerds, and I'm certainly one of them, <laughs> will study the errors. Oh, what did he do? Oh, this will become known as the Neiman failure or the Neiman error, you know? 
Well, why would it be named after the guy who won? Oh, true. The Carlson failure, there the Carlson go. error, you know, and, and how Neiman at capitalized on them. The Neiman capitalization. Him. There you go. That will, that will happen. Yeah. However, all of a sudden, Carlson starts to act like a pud. <laughs> he st- the first thing he does is with, he didn't lose in the final round. He lost in a preliminary, so he could have continued to play. Okay. And he withdrew from the tournament. Oh, so he, he took his toys and went home. Yes. And as he was going home, he posted a well-known link in the world of soccer from the uh, European coach, Jose, I always pronounce it wrong, Morinho, Morinho, saying, if I speak, I am in big trouble. This was his pouty way of saying, oh, there's something else going on. Something, something he's not allowed to talk about. Exactly. That, that it Something wasn't his super fault. Super secret. Ooh, it's secret. It wasn't my fault. I got screwed. That's that's right. the implication, right? Right. And this is where I think this story, other than the fact that it involves anal beads, which <laughs> makes everybody go, "What?" That what suddenly gets with? interesting about our world. There is a very simple answer to what happened. He screwed up, and he got beat by the better player that day. Yep. Would he win ninety nine matches out of a hundred? Probably because Neiman isn't regarded as that good. Yeah. But because he lost and because he lost that way, everybody who follows chess wants a story that's more complicated. It's, it seems like it's what we want today. We want, well, what was the story? What was the scandal? There's, How could this have happened? Yeah, there's got to be some uh, there's got to be some weird angle to this that explains why the guy who would normally win 99 times out of 100 lost this one time. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, somebody, a streamer who I'd not heard of, I finally, I've gone over to look at him by the name of Hikaru Nakamura, who goes by Grandmaster Hikaru on Twitch, started saying, maybe, you know, maybe, didn't say it directly. It could, it could be, allegedly. He he might have arthritis. (laughs) He could have arthritis. And he then played a clip of Neiman saying years before, I have never cheated over the board. Now, over the board, I take to mean I've never cheated in a game of chess. Period. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but. Everybody, but he then said, I will, if I have to strip fully naked... I will do it. To prove that he doesn't have uh, spare pieces? Anything, right? Yeah. But because he mentioned being naked, and because people started making these insinuations, and because we started having, we had to have an explanation for something that was easily explainable by simple reasons. Though shocking by itself that it happened anyway. Yes, it is shocking. Yeah. That's why we watch. Right. Do we want like, you've made this point before. Do we want to watch something that's boring? No, no. we want to watch something that's exciting. Yes. <laughs> you know. And so that's the thing that got really crazy because the other thing about chess, just think about it. How do you cheat in chess? 
every the world is watching you and your opponent is right there uh-huh yeah there's no you're, you're not pulling a spare you know rook suddenly out, suddenly out you're of... smuggling a rook onto the board <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> That's a Borat sketch. No, <laughs> oh, this piece was always here. You have three rooks. Yes. In, in Kazakhstan, it's three rooks. You know, it's, you can't, how do you cheat in chess? It's stupid. And then, and then, and then, and then. A guy who goes by the name of Chess Bra. <laughs> B-R-A-H? H, yeah. Uh-huh. He rolls out the possibility. Oh, it's chess bra. That his that Neiman had a supercomputer. <laughs> we all do in our in our pockets. It's called our phone. It, our phone. Yeah. And that supercomputer was being fed the moves. Uh-huh. And that supercomputer was, an app then for com- that. was then communicating those moves uh-huh. to him. Uh, in his Bluetooth uh, ear- head- head- headset there. Uh, no, no, they checked for headset. Well, how was it communicating it to him? <clears throat> oh, boy. Vibrating anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Morse code? <laughs> yeah, queen to rook seven. <laughs> Wait, who came up with this theory? Chess bra. Chess bra. Okay, commenting on uh, the loss. Grandmaster Hikaru or whatever. Nakamura. No, well, this is all part of the part of the flow, right? It comes sure. from the match, from the loss. In comes Hikaru, who or Nakamura. In comes Nakamura, who you know comes out and intimates. Uh, I'm not saying he's cheating. I'm not uh, saying he's cheating. I'm not saying it was alien. <laughs> But it was alien. <laughs> you know, this is the world we live in. Yeah. Facts don't matter. Evidence doesn't matter. Your freaking senses don't matter. You know, everybody made a joke out of that aliens goofball, but he actually made me angry. I'll tell you the whole truth. What aliens goofball? The, the guy with the crazy hair on the History Channel who says, I'm not saying that the pyramids were built by aliens, but they were built by aliens. Oh, Giorgio Sukalos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ancient astronaut theorist. Yep. Yeah. It's hey, like, hey, no. Jim, do ancient astronaut theorists ever say no? Of course. Uh, no, <laughs> they don't. That's a trick question. <laughs> they don't. And that's what angers me about them. It's, it might be uh, it might be edema. It might be arthritis. Uh-huh. It might. No, it, it might be aliens. It might be aliens. And it might be anal beads. <laughs> Vibrating anal beads at that. Vibrating anal beads hooked to a supercomputer. Mm-hmm, yep. Think what you just did to explain a failure on the part of somebody who should have done better. Think of what you just went through to explain something that happened by a guy who just had a bad day. He just he didn't have enough cups of coffee that morning. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe he had too many. No, it's aliens. In a, with a supercomputer and vibrating anal beads, Bluetooth right. anal beads. This is why we are where we are. We simply don't want the truth to be what it is. Well, the truth we isn't nearly it. as fun as this. Well, no, I'll give you that. <laughs> you know, the fact that guy A has bad day and guy B has yeah. better day. 
<laughs> Which do you find more exciting? Vibrating right. alien Bluetooth anal beads or I screwed up and made decaf? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's and that's why. So while the story and by the way, no one, <laughs> no one has actually said there were vibrating anal beads <laughs> in, in a in a declarative way. Uh huh. Because they know that's libelous or slanderous. They don't want to get sued. <laughs> they don't want to get sued. And when you go to the Kotaku article, you get to the very last paragraph, and it says, to reiterate, there is still no evidence Neiman cheated. Yeah. And there is still, this is, by the way, still the article, and there is certainly no evidence any anal beads were used. <laughs> for cheating or for pleasure but what if the theory behind them could oh, actually work oh god well yeah now we gotta you know now we gotta uh, call up our experts in well, anal yeah. beads our anal bead <laughs> expert to testify yes well, it, it could, could work. <laughs> or it might not yeah it's possible uh, sure so yeah that uh I far more than the simple, salacious, juvenile humor of that is the is the question of my God, how did we get here? So yeah, I mean, it just it's one of those things that is bigger than the simple, like I say, the simple salaciousness of the story, which is appealing all by itself. I won't <laughs> lie. I'm, there's still a part of me that's in sixth grade. Uh huh. You know, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of me is still twelve. But but <laughs> even with that, don't you think, how do we do this? Is this where we are? Is this what we're going to do? I, I certainly hope not. I don't so. think we have any say in that, Jim. <laughs> you and I. Uh, well, we have our little part. <laughs> we cannot that, do it was... here. Although we're, you know, laughing right along with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, 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 no. I, I'm not innocent. Come on now. I, no, no, no. Come on now. So, I went to London. You did? I did. And it was hot and dry. Hot and dry. And I was very well going to go. I did a lot of things in London. We did a lot of things in London. We went to the Globe Theater, saw Shakespeare play. It was awesome. I saw pictures of that. Yes, it was, it was very special, actually. We decided to be groundlings, which is also cheaper, but it meant we stood the entire play. Ah. But we were six, seven feet from the stage. Cool. And, in fact... Did you get uh, spit and or sweat on? Actually, uh, we got there was a shtick where they sprayed the audience with water and we got a bunch yeah. on us. Um, but uh, my son actually got involved in a little bit of business. Oh, cool. The, the, seen by the uh, by one of the actors on stage and got pointed at. And he he was pretty ecstatic about it. So it was uh, it was very neat. It was it was very enjoyable. We did a lot of wonderful things. Well, I was very well, darn well, going to spend a little time. On the trail of Samuel Pepys. Oh boy. We we went and we visited Sammy places. We, we did. <laughs> All the Sammy places? I would say not. No. There was a great walking tour. You can find it online. Oh, cool. Uh about the about the uh about going to places that were significant in the diary. Hitting the high points. Hitting the high points. And also some frames of reference. So what did I learn? What did I learn going to the Sammy places? Well, I actually learned quite a few things. 
Uh, number one, number one, London, and it's hard to imagine this, and I think our heads have sort of expanded over time because of the way our societies evolved. The London of Samuel Pepys, the London of the middle 17th century, my God, was it small. Really? The the was place a, that was of did, the greatest interest to me. It was only like uh, two or three twists and turns of the Thames. Something like that. It's, it, it, if so of, big. Instead if, of if all so big. 47 or 98 or however many yeah, there yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the things that, that we did uh, was visit his home. At least, you know, he, as we know, he went, he had a number of homes. But the one in Shipping Lane. Is this and the one this that we, the pla- we've, we've been hearing about? Oh, yes. Where, where the they, he got plastered with the plasterers? Yep. That's doing the, the plastering? One. Yep. Did you see the plaster? Uh, we did not, oh. because it's gone. The home is gone. Oh, okay. The, the home is now an office complex <laughs> set back somewhat from Shipping Lane. <laughs> but there's a nice plaque there's where, where it should be. There's actually a park. Oh, okay. There's that's a, nice. There is a park dedicated to him, including a bust of Samuel Pepys. Which I will uh, I will send you this photograph of him in his uh, in, in somewhat later in life. Actually, it's a later in life bust. There is a park right there, but one of the most famous passages in Peeps is when he goes and watches the Great Fire. Right, we we did that one. Yep. Yeah, and he goes to the top of a church. Well, that church is if you would have stepped out onto Shipping Lane and turned left, it's two blocks away. Oh, wow. It is right there. And we visited the church. I took photographs of the tower from which Sam watched the fire. The actual I, church is still there. Oh, yes. Well, that's good. And it, in fact, has what is regarded as the oldest Anglo-Saxon arch in England. And it's uh, it's built into the church. And so you can see the church wall, but you can still uh, you can still see the tower where Sam, as I say, watched the uh, the Great Fire. If you then return to his house, probably the most important church in Sam's life is St. Olaf's. <laughs> uh, O-L-A-V-E-S. Oh, okay. Not 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 where Rose Nyland was from. No, no, but that's the same. It's the same word. It's Yeah. <laughs> the same saint. Yeah. It's just spelled a little different there. It is... Um, it is, it, in fact, the there's a poster, or not a poster, it's an announcement on the wall as you walk in. Um, I said shipping lane, it's seething lane, I knew that. Seething lane, sorry all you Peepsians that follow us, I know there are thousands. Um, but the, the, the Direct poster... Direct your hate mail to jim at nerdburgershow.com. Right, yeah. St. Olaf's Church. Samuel refers to it as our own church. So that's, that's this was his home parish. It is, if you took a right from his house, it's one block away. Uh-huh. That's the place where he was cutting in line? Yes. <laughs> That's where okay. he was cutting in line. That's where he was watching all the people come in. That's where his wife is wearing the gown. Uh, it also, interestingly enough, is the home church of Charles Dickens. Oh, how about that? Not from and the same was, time period, though. No, no. no. 300, uh, 200 years apart. Yeah. But it was also the uh, it was also the churchyard of Mother Goose, she who wrote the stories. Oh, pretty famous church. Or and let it also be said, Sam is buried there. He is he is he was buried in June of seventeen oh three, 
under he is he is buried under the vault. So he was a man of some consequence. Wow. Yeah, he got a prime spot. So we visited the the, the Church of All Saints where he watched the fire. We visited St. Olaf's and walked in the churchyard and had a nice time there. Uh, they have a, a lovely labyrinth still in the garden there. Fun. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a very contemplative little thing. It's it's pretty neat. Um we Did you also get lost in there? No, no, it's 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 <laughs> labyrinths are much smaller in Britain. <laughs> they're uh and they're not they're not blocked with hedges, they're just marked on the ground. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So um we <laughs> it's but, not, but like, not like they have Kevin in the hay maze on the office. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> they have they have since they have since named the intersecting street on the other side of seething lane as peeps street ah so so sam gets some love there but all this good stuff and it was great stuff when you go to the park as you walk the park on the ground there are large pavers embossed with images from the diary of samuel peeps oh cool they have his lute on which he loved to play they have him playing instruments and dancing, as was often recorded in his, in his diary. They have images of the Navy, intertwined anchors and rope, because he had such an important role to play with that. They have the Plague Doctor. I'm sure you're familiar with this character, with the hat and the bird beak and the cloak and the rat and all that stuff. No. You, you haven't seen this? He's out at all the cons and things like that. It's, I'll send you the image. It's, it's very well known. Um, my son has a doll of one, of a plague doctor. Um, I will oh, share it with okay. you. Okay, yeah, I've seen that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have one of those, because Sam obviously writes about the plague year. I, th- I thought that's what that was, but... Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Um, they have uh, the marzipan and a picnic basket, much like he describes, for carrying out on a picnic with his wife. Okay. It, they, is, is there a, a stone with a with a piece of lace? There is not. There, <laughs> Darn not. it! There is. There is, however, a a, a giant louse. A louse. Um, a giant yeah. louse. Yeah, a giant. Because of all the times that it was said that his maid had to pick lice from his hair. Ah, gross. There's a giant louse. Um, there is a picture of what his house probably looked like in Seething Lane. Yeah. Is there a, a is there one with a cannonball and a, a like a, a beer mug? <laughs> there there is one of a giant <laughs> ship, one of the ships oh, okay. he helped build. Uh, there is other musical instruments, and uh, now you know, Mike. When you die, it's going to be up to others to remember who you were, what you did. That's how, you how it works. Be remembered. Yeah. yeah, that's it's. It's not up to you, is it? No. No. Try as you might with your will and such. Yeah, you're going to tell. And you'll tell your loved ones, <laughs> won't you? You'll say, loved ones, forget about the time that I did X, please. Remember the time I did Y. <laughs> Wait, try, I try, never did ecstasy. It's funny. You know, the, uh, the, you know don't, don't, don't talk about that. Talk about the time I did good things. Not bad. Please. Pretty please. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, please. And play these songs at my funeral. Yes, play my song. Oh, what a good point. Really loud. Songs. You'll wail my tunes mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the, you know, the virginal or on the, the lute. There is a plaque. I will send you the picture of a forceps. Oh, no. With a gallstone. 
strapped to his head. Oh, poor Sam. Like, you know, did my dude deserve this? Yeah, which hurt worse, the stone or the forceps? Look, if when you see this thing, I will let you judge. <laughs> you know, I and I I have said I don't, you know, people think, oh, you're making fun of him or you're doing all this. I'm not really. I'm not really. I I I have great risk. I mean, that we owe this man an immense debt. He gave us very, very special memories of a time that we would otherwise have no insight into whatsoever you know it would be lost to us he tells us stories that are so precious and 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 in a way that is so precious in a way that we're all familiar with every every human is familiar with because we all do it point what a great point it's eminently human yeah it's it's the stuff inside our heads Right. And it's like, and it's our little guilt. Uh-huh. The things were, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I really shouldn't have done that. And, and he confesses it. Yeah. You know, he confesses it out loud. And that is, who else would do that? You know, that was, a, that was such courage. And that's what he's left with. That's, that's, that's what he gets. I, uh, <laughs> yes, of course, I took a picture of it because I knew I would want to do a Nerd Burger show about it. <laughs> I knew I would want to mention it to you. And I'm like, this is, it was very, very, so yes, England is so much smaller than I, than even I thought. And I had a great teacher once, Father John Patrick Donnelly, SJ. He's one of the guys I took my master's degree from. I just sent you the picture. He's one of the guys I took my master's degree from. And he would always tell me, you must begin history with geography. Ouch. Because unless you understand. <laughs> I, I just saw the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's uh, it's hurting more going in than coming out no yeah that's that's <laughs> that getting in there now i realize that thing's not to scale yeah who knows how accurate this is but but i, I think the that, fact that that's what you remember yeah is there a so I, is there a carving of his diary at least well all these things are images from his diary okay Right, I think this yeah, is his diary okay. in some ways. The collection of the images is the, yeah, because that's that's what we sure. know of him, really. Yeah. You know, that's that's those are our memories of Samuel Pepys. Um, but it was very cool to to walk in those steps to see those lanes. Obviously, London is so different now; it's almost all gone. Um, I did get to go. We went down a little bit farther uh, to the point, a little bit away actually, where the fire of London that Sam watched actually started. And one of the really cool things is Charles II built a monument there. And it's one of the, to me, it was a little bit, I don't know if it was Scooby-Doo or, um, or Dan Brown, the Da Vinci Code. This column on which a firefighter is positioned, he's at the very top. If that column were knocked over to the east, I believe it is. And if it were to fall, it would fall exactly where the fire of London started. Why is it not standing on the spot where the fire started? I I, I asked the exact question. <laughs> and? I, I don't know. I, oh. I couldn't get an answer. It's like, it's like that's is that just because that's super cool? <laughs> okay, that's super cool, but why? You, you could have just done it the other way. Was the spot open? 
or was there already something there? There is something there, oh, but okay. that thing wasn't there in 1670 when they put up the he, column. Yeah, no, it's a modern building. Oh, and it's funny because it is. It's a little bit of a Scooby Doo Dan Brown moment yeah. because what happens is you walk, you sort of walk back from the column. <laughs> And figure out, okay, no, it's not this tall. You know, my son and I were going, is it that tall? Is it that tall? Is it that tall? And then you get to the building and you run square into a plaque that reads, near this site, near this site stood the shop belonging to Thomas Ferrier, the king's baker, in which the great fire of September 1666 began. When his cow knocked over a lantern. <laughs> oh, wait, no, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a different, sorry. Yeah, so... It's it it's a little bit like that, but no, it was uh, it was great to spend some time with Sam. It really was awesome. I wish I was there too. <laughs> yeah, I just I wish you could have been there, and it were cooler, and we would have enjoyed it even more. Yeah. Well, it would have been cool, regardless. Yes, it was cool in the fo- in, in the Fonzie sense. A. A. So is is that the Sam? Is that all the Sam? That, that is the Sam. No reading then. We don't have to. I, I had thought not. I thought okay. We that's fine. No, no, no. That's cool. the, There will definitely be Sam the next time we Sam. We'll let the, we'll let the Sam stand. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I was going to cut that little part out where I asked the question, but now I'm leaving it in. <laughs> awesome. Love Sam. Can't yes, get we enough. do. Jim, thank you so much. It was good talking to you. Oh, it was entirely my pleasure. Thank I was, I, I admit, I built it up when, uh, when I was over there. I was like, oh, I got to get some good Sam stuff. And I was glad, <laughs> I was glad to find some. <laughs> well, you found a lot of good stuff. We, we did. It was uh, just every, you know, it's, it's one of those things when you love history the way I do. London is one of those places where half the time you're going either, oh, that's where that is. Uh-huh. Or... That's cool. <laughs> or you know, it's, why didn't they just build it? Up? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's yeah, no, some it, kind it of really Masonic ritual raises, happening here. Okay. It yeah. raises the question. No, yeah. I, I, we're talking about Fleet Street and on Fleet Street. One of the things, because that's what those guys needed was gin. Oh, yeah. And there was a gin mill. Punches is called Punches Gin Mill. And it has, it had 150 different types of gin. Wow. Yeah. And it's uh, the fact that all those, this, by the way, is a picture of Sammy later in life when he was a uh, more accomplished gentleman, having served the Navy for many years. His wife is dead by this point. Oh, they, uh, they put a little touch of gray in the wig there. Yeah. (laughs) Just so that's our dude. That's not the same photo that we've been nope. using for him. Mm-mm. Okay, that's older. I mean, it's the same guy. It's, so yeah, I, yeah, of looks, course. He just, look, he's got his wife's lace. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> Sam, he probably did cut it off. Yeah, but that's an actual photo that you took of the actual painting. Yes, that yeah. is that painting is in the Army Museum in Greenwich. Are there in the Army Museum in the Navy Museum in Greenwich? Did somebody splatter some light blue on that, or is that just an artifact of? Uh, that I think is light artifacting. There were, they, sometimes it's very, very difficult to get shots because they're for good reasons, protecting yeah. these paintings with glass. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a light reflections. Artifact. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
but that's Sam somewhat later. In yeah. Well, thank God for Sam. Well, thanks for the stories anyway. Yeah. Well, cool. Does that about do it for uh, this week, Jim? I, I think that is what I brought to the table. That is what I have. Well, I don't think you can top that. I wouldn't try. <laughs> we need, we need at least like, uh, you know, eight to 10 weeks for you to, there you re- go. for you to reset. <laughs> for reset. Hey, and if you want to come back sooner, um, I got nobody scheduled for next week. <laughs> oh dear. I gotta, I gotta go back and recap my, but we'll do a little bit of a, next time I come by, we'll do a French recap and I'll tell you all about the Louvre. Jesus. Okay. Speaking of a uh, Da Vinci code. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Jim. Yes. Now, now is the part of the show where you ask me where they can find us. Hey, Mike, yes. where can they find out uh, about all this? <laughs> they can find us at nerdburgershow.com and email us nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Oh, and by the way, um, go Milkmen. Hey, playing for the championship. How about that? Speaking of... Uh, double A or triple A or whatever the hell they are. And uh, next time on Nerd Burger, yeah, who knows? 